Welcome to the Calvary Podcast, a ministry of Calvary Episcopal Church recorded live in Memphis. The Calvary Podcast is weekly sermons, but also conversations, reflections, and provocations about the mystery of God and what it means to be human in the world in need of repair. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dickie Scruggs had it all. In college, he was a handsome young man with a finely toned physique. Dickie once looked into the mirror and said, You good looking Greek god, don't you ever die. Classmate overheard him and gave him the nickname Zeus, the king of the Greek gods, which stayed with him for life. Dickey married the beautiful sister-in-law of a future United States senator. He was the lead attorney in landmark cases suing asbestos and tobacco companies that not only changed public policies, but made him rich beyond his wildest dreams. Dickey had a private jet hobnobbed with celebrities, and was considered America's most powerful trial lawyer. But Dickey felt the pressure of living up to this reputation. He looked for other issues where he could earn another of what he called a big lick case in the courtroom. He became addicted to pain pills to get him through his days. And he got caught up in a bribery scheme related to not sharing his legal fees with other attorneys. Dickey was very frank in saying, the judge in the case asked for money. Stupidly, I agreed to pay him. Dickey and his son, were, Zach, were sentenced to prison. Others in his circle of influence were punished. Many lives were hurt by this scandal. Zeus had received his comeuppance. Dickey's story is like that of the two protagonists in our gospel passage from Luke. One wants Jesus to tell his older brother to divide the family inheritance with him. His request prompts Jesus instead to tell the story of another man who became very rich, but became consumed with worry over his need to build bigger barns to store his great abundance. As Jesus explores the situations of both men, he goes a lot deeper than their financial situations. He is asking them and us this question, what do we really value? The first man values an inheritance he does not yet have, but he covets desperately. The man in the story values the riches he does have, and he is desperate to store and enlarge them. What the rich man in the story is doing is not evil in and of itself. In fact, he is doing what Joseph instructed Pharaoh to do during a time of abundance to prepare for a time of famine. The result was the salvation of many people, including Joseph's own family. But Joseph's focus was outward. He was making wise decisions to benefit those in need. For the rich man in the story told by Jesus, the focus is entirely inward. In essence, he is saying, I 
want to relax, eat, drink, and be merry. I want bigger barns. Dickie Scruggs wanted bigger barns, but that fixation drew him into addictions, <coughs> for drugs to ease the pain, for the next big windfall to ensure his success and enlarge it, for the feeling that he was invincible. So often we forget the rest of the stories of people who make headlines <coughs> by going to prison. We can even feel a certain glee at the fall of the rich and powerful. But then we quickly move on to the next story. <coughs> but for Dickie Scruggs, prison marked the beginning of a whole new chapter. He spent his first year not in a minimum security prison, <coughs> but a central prison facility with barbed wire in Kentucky. Dickie's job was to roll napkins for the cafeteria. He battled depression. He said he lost his sense of purpose. And a couple of things gave him a glimmer of hope. First, his wife Diane stood by him and visited him every weekend she was allowed to do so. Second, he read Gone with the Wind, all 1,472 pages. Dickie recalls, there's a line from Red Butler that pretty much says it all. Until you've lost your reputation, you never realize what a burden it was or what freedom really is. Dickie found a new place for himself in prison. He volunteered to be an adult education instructor. Students he taught and mentored graduated, earning their GED certificates. His eyes light up when he remembers. Families came to the graduations. <coughs> they whooped and they hollered. They saw this as an opportunity, as something to celebrate. After serving in prison for six years, most people thought Dickie Scruggs would take the money he had left and move away from Mississippi to a place where he would not be noticed or remembered for the bribery scandal. Instead, he moved back to Oxford, where Diane had continued as a volunteer at First Presbyterian Church throughout her husband's time in prison. Dickie volunteered to be an adult education tutor for a community college. He also traveled around the state to learn about the need for some basic support for people trying to get their GED, much like the prisoners he tutored. He decided to put the skills he learned in organizing major litigation to create a program to fill the gap he discovered. Appropriately, he called the nonprofit organization Second Chance Mississippi. It has become the rest of life mission for Dickey and for his son Zach, who was also involved in teaching in prison. Neither of them take a salary. Gone is the private jet. Instead, they drive around the state to any church, civic club, neighborhood association, or any group, no matter how small, who will listen to them. As a result of their efforts, over a thousand people have earned their GEDs or workplace certifications. It hasn't been easy. A lot of folks in Mississippi were very wary of Dickie and Zach for their past and wonder if they had underlying motives for, what, for doing what they were doing. 
Pinky realized that and knew that he had to be fully transparent for Second Chance Mississippi to get off the ground. He talked, he, Dickey admitted he got too big for his britches. He talked candidly about his addiction to pain pills. He shared his story of moving from depression to a sense of fulfillment during his time in prison. Dickey now says, I'm happier today than I've ever been before in my life. In the story told by Jesus, God says to the rich man, your very life is being demanded of you this day. That is the truth for all of us, no matter our temporary financial condition. In many ways, the scripture is less about finances and more about coming to terms with our own mortality. We are going to die. And we can't take it, whatever it is, with us. The parable of the rich fool invites us to see that we have a finite opportunity to build and leave a legacy that is truly lasting in the economy of God and our neighbors. The scripture poses these questions for all of us. What are we going to do with the gifts that are the remaining days of our lives? Ultimately, what do we value? What are we going to leave behind? And what does it mean at long last to be rich towards God? Our stories may not have the massive ups and downs of that of a Dickie Scruggs. His story, the story told by Jesus, invite us to let go of bigger barns and hold on to second chances. Amen. If you're curious about Calvary Episcopal Church, we are an eclectic bunch of Christian people who don't all think the same thoughts or dress the same way or vote for the same candidates or even believe all the same things about the mystery of God and what it means to be human. But we do believe that we need each other because of our differences, not in spite of them, and that God calls us into unity, not uniformity. Subscribe to the Calvary Podcast at calvarymemphis.org podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit Calvary in person at the corner of 2nd and Adams in the heart of downtown Memphis, Tennessee.